and... Oh my god, we suck at this. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, okay, okay. Wait, can I cut you off? That's incredibly rude. Ooh, okay, we're going there. Uh, I like that we're being loose. I like being loose too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all sitting on camera here. Here we go. Oh, I love that though. No, I love that. Hi. Hello, doll. How are you? How art thou, Cam Bam? I'm, I'm good. good. I miss you. <gasps> I miss you too. You're wearing your iconic Carhartt neon yellow beanie. I look I like it. Mary Magdalene. I have a scarf wrapped around my head. Yeah, you are giving me like, uh, you know, nativity <laughs> scene realness. I'm here for it. How have you been? What have you been doing recently without a license? I've been good. So we're like a week into 2020. Um, it's been nice. I feel like... I have been kind of nesting without a license, even though I'm killing it. Just setting up my apartment. I feel like we're moving into like cold weather lockdown again. And mm. it's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just settling in, settling in <laughs> without a license. I'm bored. I'm bored without a license. Bored without a license. Okay, yeah. cool. How about, how about you? What's well, I'm you? coming back Feb 5th. Feb 5th. So we'll be able to reunite and you can also help with the Corp IT because FYI listeners, I work in technology, but I'm not good with the technology. (laughs) So every time we record this, we have to start like 30 minutes earlier because I can't get this right. Um, Um, Not not to mention that we mostly have no idea what we're talking about. So we talk about that and then we go through the like (laughs) rigmarole of trying to get our microphones working, trying to get all sorts working. We were there. And then Austin made an adjustment and we realized his microphone just wasn't plugged in, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is sort of a key critical step. But we're here now. Here now. Uh, I became a chocolatier without a license. That's <gasps> my new obsession is Seize Candy. Okay. All I do on the weekend is go to the Seize Candy downtown and buy random chocolates. And I'm obsessed with the Scotch Mallow chocolates. Have you had those? I've never heard of this before. I'm not a sweets person, so you're going to have to like <sighs> describe the sensation to me. Well, here, I can show you on camera because I have a whole thing. Oh. Lovely audio. <laughs> They're round, but the bottom is caramel, and then the top's a marshmallow. Work, work. Would you mind biting into one and showing me a cross-section? Is that too much to ask? Uh, should I get close to the mic so people can hear it mm. ASMR style? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> so dumb. This is officially an ASMR podcast. That actually looks good. I don't like sweets, but that looks good. I'd fuck with it. Thanks. Okay. Well, so we'll let you chew. I didn't realize it was going to be like a chewy moment. Yeah, give me a second to swallow. Hold on. <laughs> I heard that about you. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm just drinking water. Um, oh, oh my God, shit. Actually, what I'm doing without a license is I'm sober without a license. I'm doing a sober month with a few friends. So right now I have a, a green tea with lemon honey. And then I have a sparkling polar seltzer on the side for like when I want to feel like it's a cocktail, but I'm not. Hold up. A what? what flavor is that? This is polar. First of all, Laquahu. It's always been and always will be polar. This is raspberry lime, the greatest of all seltzers. It's kind of warm right now because I've had it for a while and still delicious. Ah, delish. Anywho, yeah. I'm speechless. Okay, can we move on? 
Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, so crazy, you know, 2021 is coming in strong with the hits, bitch. Uh, it has so. been, it's day four? Seven. Day seven. <laughs> <laughs> and already wild. It's already wild. So I feel like it started with on Monday. Did you read about the Mahjong? stuff where these like three white women in dallas were culture appropriating mahjong and created their own set no. and then it can started you, with you, like, that the they just basically are appropriating mahjong which is a traditional chinese card game essentially and they're like these are too hard to read the symbols are so hard to read so we made our own version like we used emojis uh, and so that was like a big race situation. And then Kim and Kanye announcing their divorce. And then the MAGA storming the Capitol. So Awful. that's where we're at. It was bana- It was like watching the scene from Mean Girls where she's describing Africa and people were just running around rampant. Like it was embarrassing to be an American, essentially. Yeah, um, it was tough. It was tough stuff. But basically, you know, I, I, as negative as it was, it was an awful moment in history. I think the, the Capitol building, I think DC in general is sort of this like hallowed ground of American history and whether or not our history is positive or negative. I've always felt when I'm down there at those like historical buildings, like this is an important place that like built our country and it deserves respect and whether or not you're, you know, you need to be down there protesting something legitimate or not. Uh, you should respect that ground and do so peacefully and, and do so to make your point and not to cause destruction and mayhem and cost somebody their fucking life. Cause that's wild to happen in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what's interesting about this and sort of exciting for us as podcasters is to take this moment in history and like use it to kind of mm-hmm. uh, have a discussion that we've, we've thought about having and maybe we've been nervous to have. But I think what we both recognized about that situation was like, what a disgusting display of white privilege to watch, you know, a small group of radicalist white people, destroy a you know a national building a national monument whatever you want to call it and basically freely walk in and out of that building taking and smashing and doing whatever they want when months earlier you know the black lives that arrived on those same steps was met with tear gas rubber bullets violence from our own government so that's the thing that shocked me is the level of quote-unquote preparedness that law enforcement had with the black lives matter movement was so starkly different from what had happened like there were videos that i was seeing online where the law enforcement at the capitol were just freely letting them in with not even what shocked me was the action of course but more importantly was just the the expression on their faces wasn't even distressed like it was so casual it made me really mad because if it was as you mentioned earlier if it was any other situation they would have been met already with tear gas pepper spray whatever it was that they were utilizing back in those you know back earlier in 2020. yeah and like that was sort of the first thing to hit my feed you know i i'm not very much of a news watcher i find it bleak so i don't i don't pay a lot of attention so it came to me through social media and the first sort of commentary that stuck out and maybe this is you know based a lot on my you know my audience and the people that i follow but 
a lot of people were like, if this was people of color protesting anything else, this would already be extremely violent. It would be a riot from the law enforcement, not the other way around. It just... Absolutely. I think what's what's funny is it's funny timing because I think we talked about this topic a couple weeks ago when we're like, this would be a great thing to kind of dissect talking about privilege mm-hmm. and what a better time for the world <laughs> to yeah. manifest that we should have this episode now. It obviously untimely and unfortunate, but that's sort of what we want to discuss today is is privilege and yeah that means and actually right? shout out to one of our listeners who suggested the topic in general that's sort of where this came from and i yes. think you and i you and i both went cross-eyed and we're like what like we don't really know how to have a conversation about <laughs> yeah. privilege, you know which is probably a sign that we have a lot of it um which is why i'm glad we're opening this up so i guess mm-hmm. like you know to jump in like where what do you how do you define privilege for yourself how do you see it in your life? What privilege do you have? What privilege do you not have? Sort of where does that, how do you, how does it manifest to you? You know, mm-hmm. and disclaimer, this is called without a license for a reason. Austin and I are probably the last two people who should be like, you know, commenting or, or making any claims of any kind, which we're not doing here. We're simply having a conversation between two friends and like, if only to stimulate other conversations and open it up to listeners, like, you know, that's what's important here. It's not about, you know, accuracy or whatever. And I think disclaimer to, you know, this is supposed to spark a discussion, like not necessarily talk about solutions, but talk about personal experiences. And for me, I feel very uncomfortable. So you'll probably hear a lot of nervous laughter, but I think it's just something good to have. And and I'm just going to jump in. So I think when I think about privilege, I think high level, it's, it's the ease at which you can do things or have access to things. And, you know, I know we both did an exercise where we, we, we wrote down sort of what privileges you have and, and what do you not have. And just looking at this list, I've recognized that there's a ton of different privileges. So I wrote down education. I worked, wrote down the industry that I work with, which is technology and um, access to money and credit early on healthcare. Um, you know, I'm Asian, so I wrote down like the model minority uh, perspective uh, or categorization, I think is the best word. Um, but that's also sort of what the the flip is and what you don't have. And so I think, you know, being Asian and then I also flipped it to sort of in gay perspective. I think a privilege just advantage I don't have is I'm not genetically, physically like masculine presenting. Like I am not big boned like I'm pretty thin and trim and so that I think is why you agree you think you're skinny so you agree (laughs) yes I'm fucking gorgeous you are gorgeous um but in further dissection here I I think it's when we start talking about this the one realization that I have is I think a little bit of guilt because I think that I'm a person of color but I don't really do my community that great of a service because I live in a very white world Mm. You sort of come up and existed within a very mm-hmm. like typical white experience, despite being a person of color. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I've never, I, w- I wouldn't have thought that like off the bat, which is kind of a, this is why this conversation is interesting because it's so nuanced. Where like, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a white cis man. So I have like the most privilege on the block. And it's <laughs> yeah. wild. I, I did the same exercise and I thought, 
you know, in having conversations in the past where I haven't thought deeply about it, I've always been like, yeah, I'm gay. So like, I don't have that much privilege. And I'm like, I look at a straight person and I'm like, look at how easy your life has been. And there's been moments when like being gay has been the sort of major blockage in my life, specifically mm-hmm. when it comes to like seeing a, a, a future within society that like looks good or makes sense. It doesn't exist. Like, the world was built for straight white people, cis mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, you know, once I started making this list, I realized like similar to you, you know, access to wealth and just like, you know, growing up in a, in a solidly upper middle class family, my education, you know, was a springboard despite me completely squandering it and being a horrible student was still a huge springboard into you know, a career opportunities that I thought were available to everyone, but truly are not. I think one thing mm-hmm. I thought was interesting in my exploration too, was this idea of being able-bodied. Like I do not suffer from any sort of setbacks physically or, or, or me- mentally that would make life way more challenging and that in itself mm-hmm. is a privilege. Like, especially living in New York, it's like, if yeah. you're here, mama, good I, luck. Good luck getting up that fourth floor walk up, baby. Yeah. Good luck getting the good luck getting under the subway. Subway. Yeah. It's, it's wild. It's like this. This. There's like. It's like ninety percent. I didn't of the even subway. think about that. It's wild. I mean, so basically, that I guess to to wrap that into one thing, like the way that I discovered or sort of define privilege is sort of this like, and I and I can't remember the name of the professor, but I found some woman's. She called it the coin theory, where there's like a right side and a wrong side to a coin, and privilege. Okay. When you have it, you're on the right side of the coin, meaning that you do nothing and you get benefits. And then on the flip side of the coin, you do nothing and you get disadvantages. And a lot of times the structure of which the privilege works is that in order for me to have privilege, there needs to be somebody who doesn't, mm-hmm. somebody who's not getting something so that I get it without, for no, you know, for no apparent reason. So like white privilege, it's like I'm a white man or a white person, period. Um, I get access to and, you know, all the, the benefits that come with, with white privilege are because there is a huge community of people of color in this, in this country who don't get that. And because they're not getting that, it's given to me for nothing or, you know, whatever. The, it, it, so that's how I look at it is like there is a clear line and you are either on the advantage side or the disadvantage side. And sometimes, but not always, in order to create the advantage the people on the disadvantaged side have to pay in some way and pay by getting, you know, sort of not give, be given resources that like generally as like modern humans, we consider the necessary, I guess, for our own. And whilst I don't think you or I, um, you know, I think we've, if we were to, to really think deeply about our philosophies about humanity and society, like we want equality and, and sort of like the, equity of privilege and resources for all but because we are born into so much privilege there's sort of this knee-jerk uh blindness to it it's like i didn't really think about it until a couple years ago and and even now it's like it still perplexes me like how i was like well i don't want this so Mm -hmm. i'm not guilty of of complacency but you truly are and in a sense and i think for me i was thinking about this early on like that now that I'm home thinking about it, like when I turned 18, I didn't vote. I was like, well, why do I vote? It doesn't apply to me. It doesn't really matter, which Mm. is the most, the highest form of privilege because Mm. you have no perception of how actual 
governmental law and these things affect a whole larger community other than yourself mm-hmm. because a lot of times those laws don't really affect people like you or I, right? Yeah. And we don't really see that. And now, now I view this as a way for people like us who are the people that should be advocating for change, right? If you can't recognize your privilege, it means you have an abundance of it. And it means that you need to take the time to understand other people's perspectives. And it's completely Jeez. ignorant to say that things, quote unquote, don't apply to you or they, quote unquote, don't matter. 100%. And I think, you know, we'll get into this at, at, towards the end as well. But like, it really is the responsibility of the privileged to reset the equity balance to those who don't have it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, if you, it's like when you see somebody, if you saw a hungry child on the side of the road, you would want to give that child food. Like, mm-hmm. that's just like, like, we all feel that way. That's humanity. That's the same thing. If it's education, healthcare, housing, whatever it may be, it's like, you should want everyone to have the same benefits or at least access to the same benefits that you do. Um, But it's interesting you bring up this idea of not voting. That was the one on my list that I was really ashamed of was being apolitical. I've always described myself as like uh, super political. I don't engage in politics. I hate talking about them because I'm not, you know, I hate talking about things that I don't know a lot about. I like to sound smart as we all do. And so I don't engage in politics and it, I don't know if I ever didn't vote, but I also grew up in Massachusetts where it really doesn't matter how you vote, at least on a large scale. It's like every, like Massachusetts always goes blue, that, that kind of mentality. But like what I didn't understand was like the nuances of the rest of the ballot and how important it is to engage in those decisions because they affect your like kind of mac- micro local community. Mm-hmm. And just the idea that like, I don't really the laws were not built and the system was not built in a way that left me disadvantaged. So I, I didn't feel the need like that I needed to be political. So again, like being apolitical, that comes from a place of privilege privilege, because I was sitting pretty on all my privilege and I was like, I'm good girl. I don't have to worry about, about, about rights. Even during like gay marriage, I remember being like, I don't care. Like hope it happens, but like, I'm sure it will, but I don't need to like get involved and be like rah, rah all over the country like all about it and i'm sad that i was i have that like lack of wait that's really sad yeah i just didn't see i i was so young when gay marriage was was happening and at that time i didn't really see myself getting married and sometimes i still don't i i just didn't really i didn't really relate to it and i've always felt i've always been a kind of piece of shit that like if i don't relate to something I kind of disengage. It doesn't affect me. I don't, you know, I need, I need there to be like an emotional component for me to kind of jump into something. And I'm glad you said that because remember we were talking earlier, that's exactly this reason, right? Like we want to be able to create that space and talk about it just because we don't necessarily, we have the privilege. So we need to talk about it, which I think is important, which is yep. the reverse of what you're saying, which is. Yeah. So let's, so let's do that. So like, how has, Ugh, you know, Okay. Don't be, don't be. There's no shame here. I think, I think I'm not afraid to say the wrong thing. I'm not afraid for listeners to drag us if they think we didn't speak about this right. Because I look at this as like privilege part one, and we'll revisit this as we grow and perhaps bring guests on who can speak more eloquently about like. Yeah, you know, I agree. We, don't, we don't. We can't really speak on the on the disadvantaged perspective because yeah. we've not really experienced it. So I'm not even going to pretend to act like I know what it's like to be born with little to none. Yeah, me either. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I want to know how, you know, after we did this exercise about like examining privilege in our own lives, like mm-hmm. how did you, let, let's go like professional first. Like how do you draw me the line of privilege in terms of like where you're at in your like p- professional life? I feel like that sort of translates into our like socioeconomic class, but like where along the way do you think privilege played a part in like sort of springboarding you? My springboard, my professional career. Yeah. It's a good question. I think honestly early on because I was taught that you I I held internships when I was in high school like I was gaining work experience because of my parents were exposed and could give me those opportunities that translated into me getting a lot of work quote-unquote work experience not paid work experience young so that when I got into the actual workforce post-graduation, I was able to speak eloquently and confidently, and I was able to lean on experiences. And that really perpetuated my career. But on the flip side, I also you know, grew up in San Francisco um, in high school, and it's a huge tech community. So off the bat, just based on location and where I grew up, was immediately in close proximity to one of the most prosperous industries you could be in, I would say, outside of finance. It's huge that already there is a huge advantage, right? Like, and I've been in the tech space for seven years. I've worked at really large tech companies and, you know, it's, you gain benefits from that too. Like 401k off the bat when you're just out of college, not a lot of people get those kind of advantages from a benefits perspective. So you're already four steps ahead. Right. You're basically setting yourself up to have this like socioeconomic privilege down, like for life, essentially, you're locking yourself in. Did I answer your question okay? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I guess I just, I'm more so, I was trying to draw the line of like, it starts from birth. It's like you're born into a specific socioeconomic class that sort of has like a, it's like the game of life or monopoly. It's like you're given so many advantages at the start and then you gain advantages as you go, but advantage, like it's sort of like advantage, it attracts more advantage. So like, if you start out at a good spot, you're get, you get access to the better upgrades as you go. So like you have a great education. If you take advantage of that, you'll go to an amazing college, which will put you in track for having like the be, being a competitive entry level, you know, workforce person. If you, you know, it, it just yeah, sort of actually, I didn't think about this, but of course all of that, right. College was always like, a, that's a non-negotiable, like those kinds of things. But I grew up overseas before, you know, in, before middle school, I'm super well-traveled every summer we travel to different places. So I can talk about different countries I've been to, like that already puts you in a place of privilege because you're talking mm-hmm. to a sector of people who professionally can take those, you know, take time off to go travel in places. So you're immediately accepted into that community because you've had those yeah. experiences. That's interesting. I actually had on my initial being well-traveled, like mm-hmm. I have an experience outside of my own life because mm-hmm. I've gone away. Um, and that having that experience, being able to like get perspective about different parts of the world, um, you know, has given me a lot of, I don't even know. I also think people who like claim well, being well-traveled as their personality type is like lame, but. <laughs> what are your uh, hobbies? Traveling? Like, okay, cool. Yeah, like, no, what else? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> travel. Or is that a privileged statement? Fair. That's fair. You, oh. See, this is why this conversation is important. Like, we're giggling. Like, of course, everyone loves to travel. Like, that's horrible of us. Like, people don't have the opportunity. You know what? 
some people, if they're if you're working an hourly job, you work per. We get vacation days off. We get yep. holidays off like that. Like that's for us. That's a privilege statement. Yep. And I think what's important to like recognize is that while we had no control over the privileges we were given, they were handed to us and we made the best of the, of a good situation we were put in. The system is kind of rigged for people who are born into places of no privilege or very low privilege. Mm -hmm. There's, it's not impossible, which is, I think a lot, an argument a lot of people make is like, well, if you work hard enough, you can get out of it. But imagine being born into nothing, how much, how that would just affect you mentally, how difficult it would be just how much work you would have more work you would have to do to get half as far as, as we were sort of Mm -hmm. just basically placed. And I would speak like from a professional standpoint. So I'm a recruiter. It's a huge problem with technology because when we screen people, we need people with computer science fundamentals. And a lot of times the top tier Ivy League schools teach those things. So if you're coming in from a non-traditional background, you don't even have the basics to even pass the first interview. Second point, I was really involved in an organization called Out in Tech um, early on in my career in work, which is like an LGBT um, technology group. And I would help mentor people from disadvantaged backgrounds who wanted to work in technology and things that we would consider really simple, like, oh, you should create a LinkedIn profile. And they're like, well, I don't have a computer. I don't have Wi-Fi. So how do I even do that? You know, even those little things. Can I ask a, a question that may not even matter, but I'm curious because you talked about being adopted earlier in the podcast. Like, I, and I, I apologize because I don't know what your situation would have been like, but like, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But no, <laughs> I, I am curious and we can cut this if this is weird, but like, what would have happened if you didn't, like if you were adopted into a different mm-hmm. family or were maybe like stayed with your biological family, I don't know the circumstances, but like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is a great question. I actually think about this all the time because I express gratitude of my situation because who knows, like I could be, if I grew up in Taiwan, I would have probably fled and become a ladyboy in Thailand. Like, or I would be working some very minimal job. Like my, I don't know anything about my birth parents and my sister does. So I'll use this as an example, but like her birth mom works at a cookie factory. That's like her job. That would have been the life that I or her would have had if we weren't, weren't adopted. That's insane. I I, I just, that just kind of came to me what I was interested in. If you'd ever like thought about that, obviously you have, but you know, I've thought about it, but it's interesting, not in a serious way, like a joking way, like, <laughs> like, thank God, again, privilege statement, like, thank God I was adopted. Right. No, know? but truly, like, that's, you know, that's the razor's edge of privilege that we live on is like, it's really that it's you mm-hmm. do or you don't have it. Um, and like, not to be so black and white in a gray world, but like, as the world becomes more divisive, and we start to really examine like where the haves are sitting and the have nots aren't that stuff comes into play and like that's thank you number one for sharing like that perspective because i truly was interested like wow i wonder like what you know well because i also think too to to being gay like you know my parents are pretty traditional but we've always grown up in a pretty openly you know they're open with being gay right and who knows what if I would be this out and proud person and confident in my gayness, if 
I wasn't adopted into this kind of family, if I was in Taiwan, who know? I don't even know. Actually, I don't even want to think about that because I love being a yeah. femme Asian servant to the world. I don't think, <laughs> because I also would suffer. <laughs> like, I can't hide the fact that I'm gay. There's no way that I have a low-toned masculine voice mask presenting. I would, yeah. it is not in my future. Will never be. No, I mean, who knows what kind of like oppression or homophobia you would have experienced if you mm-hmm. were, you know, born into a different situation. And like the, you know, the the friend and the jokester in me like wants to be like, oh, I bet you would still be the same person. But like circumstance dictates, you know, so much in our lives, and that's <laughs> sad to think about. Like, there's a whole life that somebody could have had, you that yeah. have already had, you know, that wouldn't have existed, you know, where circumstances slightly different for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So. Woo! This is already like this is heavy. I <laughs> I know. Um, okay, I actually so, this, I hate to do this, but I do have to pee. Can we okay. take a quick break and then and then we'll start. We'll uh, yep. we'll take it into something that's a little more lighter. Okay, we're back. That was our first break. We've never taken a break before. That was cool. maybe i'll put a cute little like hold music like elevator hold music or you know christina aguilera christina aguilera christina aguilera like burlesque (laughs) maybe but no maybe if you're a brand and you wanted to like insert your big commercial in that little break we just made like let us know Ooh, the chris jenner mindset love it Honestly, activate that you know i don't put my momager hat on that often but when i do honey i'm really like my nipples are hard because you did that <laughs> I'm the one that's driving it i love I know. that are you turned on i'm really turned on you should feel my right nipple it is surging it's pulsing Whoa. i feel like monetizing things is your kink <laughs> do you feel seen y or n why okay. why why so we just had like a very intense you know partial conversation about privilege in our lives i want to move move on and and sort okay. of apply it to this podcast which is sort of about gay life society social dynamics you know whatever privileges either of us had which it sounds like a ton of it's landed us both in this sort of like new york city I would say upper class gay community that we are a part of. Mm-hmm. I want to like now, you know, we're, we are where we are. It's I, I, there's a whole nother episode that's like about the difference in those in the various communities within New York. But from our perspective, I want to know where you see privilege affecting like social dynamics, affecting our just social lives in mm-hmm. general. Like, in, in thinking about like gay community, thinking about New York, what does that look like? Okay, there's two things that I think about. So one, I think we alluded to this in an earlier podcast, but this concept of like hosting a party. The fact oh. that you're even a sought out to be a quote unquote host, which means you would essentially invite people to a bar, club or party and you get a free table of drinks and you and your friends drink for free. That is a level of privilege that wouldn't normally exist right the fact that four of our friends for a whole weekend you think okay you're hosting thursday i'm hosting friday you're doing saturday and you're doing sunday and you out of everyone in the economic class could afford drinks and access to these places so that's the second thing is access a lot of these parties i think their genesis is 
we want to create a safe space for the gay community to be a part of and to celebrate our gayness. But when you look around, it is the same kind of white cis present, you know, like that community who is showing up to these parties. Right. So I think that's an interesting point. And then the third, the third thing is freedom to have to go and get drinks. And I think about those Sunday parties at LeBane Interesting. That is, if you work a nine to five traditional job, which is already, right, you have an education, you work at a company, you work a 40 hour week, nine to five, Monday through Friday. Like Those people are the people that can go to these parties on a Sunday. You know, that's the yeah. center. And so I would say those were kind of the points I thought about. What What do you think about I what mean, I just said? All of those, for sure. I think there is sort of, and this is sort of a funny term that I, my friends and I use, but pretty privilege. And and I've talked about it in the past, you know, when we talked about body image or looks or whatever, it's like, I don't, I'm not going to be the hottest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And because of that, and maybe a lot of this is like self-perpetuated insecurity, whatever. But like, I do feel like, you know, it took me a while. Like I see people who are like, yeah, I just moved to New York. And like, I have all these friends and I'm at all these parties already. And I'm like, yeah, because you're, you know, 23 and fucking gorgeous. And like, you can wear a burlap sack and it's fucking fashion. And it's mm-hmm. like, I I have to go out and buy the clothes or change my appearance or whatever. Like, luckily over time, I made it in with like being funny and a good time. But I, I don't know. There's, there's obviously this sort of like beauty privilege that I think it bugs me because I feel like it's not fair. And I think like, I don't know. I'm 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 often hung up on that. But yeah, I'm grimacing because you're very attractive and gorgeous. I think that that's your own perception and your own insecurities. But but yes, that does exist. It does exist, right? Like if you are seemingly somebody who's that sexual fantasy that we've talked about before, like you're automatically getting on the list to the hottest parties on Saturday. Like you are right. getting invited. People want to be seen with you. They want to tag you in their Instagram. They want to be associated mm-hmm. with you and all those things that I can definitely see. You know, I didn't have that either. You know, yeah. you have to build that. Yeah. And I think what I'm trying to get to is just the idea that like, you know, what we said earlier about like how privilege is handed to you. It's not a choice. It's not like you're, you, you get, you accept it or don't you're born with whatever privilege you have. And I Mm -hmm. think that is an, a force of society that we don't have control over. Um, and what, what's weird is that like, if you look around at our social world, it's been formed by privilege. Like if you couldn't get the education to get you the job in New York, Mm-hmm. to make the money in New York that you need to be in our social mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. Um, you're not there. And therefore that our entire existence as people, like mm-hmm. our social circle has really been dictated by privilege. And that's what I'm trying to, what I want to kind of talk about now is like what negative things have come out of what negative, what negative effects has privilege had on our community. And I think to one of your earlier points about this idea of like, these gay parties we go to. It's like, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's like 40 plus dollars to go, if not more. Yeah, it's, drinks are eight, a one vodka soda is $18 for those little tiny insane. So it's like to, to tout a party as queer and inclusive because the theme is queer is not the same as making an inclusive space. So let's like draw that line mm-hmm. in the sand. I yep. think we, we go to these parties and we see the same type of like, 
cis, white, uh, gay, finance type person there. And then there are like queer celebrities that are sort of put up on stage as props to be like, look guys, it's a queer party. And like, yes, fringe people show up, but truly when I'm at a fringe party, you know it because like there was no doorman and like they're, it's not like in this, like it's just a different situation when you're truly in like an inclusive queer space it's there's it's access is everybody not there's not a doorman there's not a list there's not a ticket fee it's not like that's so interesting you know what i think about that saying where they where people say the most important part is to get a seat at the table is to get that invite but you can't even get that invite no if you can't pay the the ticket you can't get a seat at the table so i think it's it's worth us examining the queer spaces that we occupy and and the ones that we promote. So interesting. I never thought about the cost to just even go to these parties. Like, and it's so casually sometimes like, Oh, there's a party in Brooklyn and it's $55. Okay, great. We're we're all going to go. Everyone's like, okay, absolutely. Did you buy your ticket? Do you want me to buy your ticket for you? You Venmo me later. That is so that's a PS privilege statement. That's a negative effect, right? Like that's privilege that's a privilege making our community something that we don't like it's, it's forming the image of our community, not allowing us to make those decisions for ourselves. And I think like, that's the challenge, right? It's like, how do we, how do we change our surroundings? How do we change our community for the better and understand that like privilege has stood in the way of. I'm feel really bad right now because I'm quite honestly, I'm stumped. I need a nap. I need an episode two to really think about like the quote unquote negative effects of that because I can list a million reasons why the million reasons why privilege has come to that, but I'm going to need a episode two. No, I mean, dare I, you know, mention the Voldemort of the gay community right now, but the, the, the Puerto Vallarta gays are a perfect example. It's like oh, yes. you have complete disregard for the health and well-being yes. of people. That is privilege. Penny. What privilege? That's totally true. I'm going to be, you know, in a tropical destination because I can. The, the one thing I was talking to my mom with my mom about this is it is complete disregard for like our community, but it's also disrespectful for that community there because you're going to Mexico and yeah maybe you have access to healthcare to if you got COVID you'd be fine but how about these the workers who are serving you who if they got COVID are they gonna have access to the vaccine or the right medical care you're not thinking about those people and what you're doing this for your Instagram or because you're quote-unquote tired of this COVID situation it's just completely it's so it's so tone deaf it's tone deaf it's tone deaf and to be a uh you know, anyone in the LGBTQIA spectrum and not have just like a baseline knowledge of the HIV crisis and a respect for people's health. Like just to be completely like a complete <laughs> about that is like, oh, wow. Okay. That's again, like the privilege of not giving a fuck about anyone else's health, including your own, like wild and dark. And it's like, that's not me. I don't want to be around that. I don't want to be represented by that. Um, but we have friends who are these people that did go to PV and are in Miami. Like we did. And yeah. I mean, I listen, I, I'm not a huge, I don't like to cancel people. I don't like to drag people. I think everyone's capable of change. So I haven't had a lot of hard conversations with people who engage in that activity, but I'm mm-hmm. interested 
in opening that up and maybe hopefully they'll listen to this and be, and think twice next time. Like, I think a lot of them have learned their lesson, but unfortunately, like we know how trash the gays are. So like <laughs> give it time and we'll be doing some fucked up shit, you know, in a couple weeks. But mm. what's it, what, what my, my bigger point is just like, let's not be so unconscious of, of the beautiful, the beautiful privileges we've been given that we don't then want to like, fight for people who don't have them mm-hmm. at, anymore. It's like, just because you got your ticket doesn't mean like you shouldn't think about the people who don't have theirs yet. And yeah. And let's look at, let's look deeply at our own community and how it was shaped by privilege and how do we demand a different setup? You know, mm-hmm. like how do we make sure that parties are more equitable, bars are more equitable, friend groups and friendship access to that is more equitable you know, it's a hard question. I don't know the answer to the to it, but like, let's talk that's about a hard it. question. And that's also a it's a good acceleration. And I I'd love to hear from people too. Actually, the last podcast, like a lot of you guys responded back and texted me directly or messaged us on the Instagram, and we'd love to hear from mm-hmm. you. I know I posted it and I got a ton of responses. If you responded, we're definitely going to get back to you. But let's have this discussion yeah. together. And I think Cam and I talked about this and. Our goal is to just start the conversation and let's continue the conversation. Talk about yeah, it. Yeah. Be open about it. I'm excited. I'm excited to bring more people into this conversation. I think we should have a are, guest for this because I think we really 100%. should have a guest. Well, number one, you and I are dumb as fuck. So like we barely got through this conversation. Wait, literally, I, I feel like you talk like I have almost like a, this is the one podcast where I didn't have a ton of opinions, which is really well, sad. I, I am a natural, um, I don't even know, liar, performer. I don't know what the word is, but like, <laughs> it's easy for me to, it's easy for me to espouse about things that I know nothing about and sound like I'm smart, but I think I'm just, I think too much. And like, these are all thoughts that I've had. And I think if therapy has taught me anything, it's like, you're going to wrestle with your thoughts if you keep them inside your brain. So you should blurt them out to somebody else to help you kind of figure out mm-hmm. how they, how they manifest for you. So like, it's interesting. That's an interesting yeah. one because I'm more of a listener. I have to absorb the information and then right. come with an opinion. But yeah, for me, it's like you, I've you been having talk, this conversation. Talk. Yeah. I've talked, well, I've, I've had You've this been conversation. talking with a lot of people and yourself. No, myself mostly. But it's like I can't make sense of it. So just even having a conversation with you about it sort of helps me reframe my own life and my own place in this world and helps me look at other people's place with a little bit more compassion. So, you know, I'm, I, what's your blessing? Yeah, you're right. Let's look, we're getting to the end. It's, it's blessing time. I think I want to leave this everyone listening. Like this conversation is super uncomfortable. Um, and the more uncomfortable it is for you, is likely an indication that you have a big heaping pile of privilege in your lap that you're not even fully aware of. And don't let guilt and shame hold you back from engaging in the conversation because nothing's going to change if you just like stick, stay quiet. And like, yes, logically it's like you have the privilege. Why would you try and change that? But I think like the example we talked about, like if you saw a starving child on the side of the road, like I think in, I think we all naturally want to be human centric, human interested people. I think we're all trying to make connections on this planet. 
-hmm. I think we're only going to blossom as people when we change the our surroundings by allowing different and new and nuanced voices into the conversation. So have this uncomfortable conversation with yourself, have it with everyone around you, recognize your own privilege, try and get and, and, and get the perspective of people with less privilege than you, if they're willing to share it and ha have that be a springboard for you to be able to kind of harness your own privilege and share it and make the world just like more equitable and more, fun i think that's the end goal right it's like if everyone's together we're gonna have a we're much, have much time. The, par the party is gonna go off it's gonna go off we're gonna be popping <laughs> having a good old time like yeah just you know challenge yourself and shift the focus because i think there's a lot of people in this world in this country that are really struggling and it's so easy to sweep them under the rug because it's depressing. Mm -hmm. um, but just try and, you know, spend a couple hours thinking about them and, and what it would feel like if somebody helped you out when you needed it. So that's my blessing. Yeah. Today, mine's related to your, I think my blessing is more of a mindset for me where I hope that people listening will resonate with the fact that we need to be better active listeners and to listen to people with perspectives because I'm stumped. I want to learn more. I recognize the privileges that exist, but how can I be more well-rounded, more well-educated about others and drive more empathy to this conversation and hopefully make the world a better place. And I've won Miss California. I'm just kidding. That was such a passion. <laughs> but. And such as. Yeah, and, and such the Iraq. As, uh, <laughs> but no, I think with, with all sincerity, like truly that's how I feel. And, and I'm glad we're having this conversation and I'm literally drenched in sweat from the uncomfortability, but I let's continue this. This is a good. A that's good. good. I really like that you use the term active listener. I also say I use a term like listening for understanding. It's one thing to like open your ears up and be taking the noise in, but like really actively listening for understanding when people are talking about their lives. It's like, it's easy to be like, you're being dramatic or this is like too much to handle and just dismiss it. But like truly listen to people. I think it'll help you start to see your own life and how you can make sh shifts and changes. And like, I believe that like making these types of changes are only going to make you feel like better. It's only going to make your life more rich. It's not going to hurt you. It's not, you know, like mm -hmm. losing your privileges or, or, mm -hmm. or using them for other people is not going to hurt you. If anything, it's just yeah. going to like elevate your own. Well, it's gratitude, own. right? Yeah. We are, everyone's always in the yoga kumbaya. People are on the kumbaya yoga bullshit, like gratitude. This yeah. is the time to be grateful and to have these conversations. Seriously. Be grateful that other people built this country and allowed you to live such a pleasure, pleasurable life within it. And time to share. Time to share. Sharing is caring, babies. Yeah. I was going to talk about Fire okay. Island into another topic, but I don't know if this is the time. Let's just end it. <laughs> Yeah, okay okay <laughs> all right well thanks for listening everyone um definitely follow us on our instagram at wall underscore pod and we'd love to hear from you yeah send us messages we love to hear the feedback good or bad send us bad feedback we've only really been getting good feedback to be honest that's not true 
I take everything. I'm sensitive, so everything to me is bad. Oh. No, it's good. Um, but no, I was going to say, rate, rate and review us on iTunes. That's super important. Our website's going to drop, I don't know, sometime soon. Next week. I'm all set. Um, okay, great. Um, and yeah, I really appreciate everyone for listening. I'd appreciate it more if you shared in your networks that you're getting something out of this. We're organically doing this with no money and no help. So, you know, word of mouth is sort of our, the name of the game for us right now. So, or Venmo us. Yeah, we also accept cash tips. <laughs> cash Honey. tips. Cash tips. All right, signing off. Love and light. Bye, all, Steve. Bye, Cam Cam. Mwah. Mwah.